All right. What's up, everybody? Tales from the Green Room, episode number 122. It's Howie Spangler here. Uh, big news. Value got added to uh, the Beach Vibes playlist on Spotify with Message to the World. Thank you so much. Thanks to uh, Adam Gross over there at Ineffable. Uh, so that's two now on that on that playlist. That's fucking dope. So thank you very much for listening. And, and uh, uh, Social Drinker just got to a num- uh, 500K the other day over the weekend. So thank you guys very much for streaming the band and paying attention to what we're doing, man. Uh, I got Educated Fools here today. Say what's what up, up, everybody. What up? What's up, everyone? Uh, these dudes are from Baltimore area, like ourselves. And uh, heard about you guys for a while. Um, for for years, I'd say several years before we actually started working together, um, we got in the studio. What, what was that last fall? I think. Yeah, it's too too long ago and and not too soon to get back <laughs> in the studio together. Yeah, seriously. Um, <clears throat> and uh, uh, Drew Mazurik, right, got in there yeah. and uh, did some drums. Yeah, Drew Mazurik recorded the drums. How you were in there giving us your two cents on stuff. It was it was a good collaboration. It was a lot of fun that day. It was, man. It was. We got some work done. It was nice. So, and then I never heard from you guys ever again. What no, happened? No, no, yeah, no. I hope. Hopefully, we'll uh, we'll be finishing up those projects. We've been, you know, we just released a single, so that's cool. We got a bunch of stuff in the works uh, that we're trying to finish up, and then you know the songs that we did, those are next on deck to get finished, mixed, and mastered. So we're going to be seeing hopefully more of each other here shortly. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to it, man. Uh, so what's going on, man? Tell everybody uh, t- about the band. The band, uh, the band has been just pumping out music. Honestly, COVID's been kind of cool, and the fact that everybody's been doing their own thing. You know, we haven't been able to play any shows, which is is not really fun for us, being musicians who love to play live music. You, I'm sure you know the feeling, but uh, we, it's made us adjust, and it's also kind of made us focus on what we have been working on, what we have to work with. Uh, what we're doing with that current music, how we're going to take it, you know, out to market and get it out to people across, you know, the world. And then how we're going to release the next set of songs that we have to come out. So it's given us time to focus. I think Uh, it's given us time to practice and hone in on, on what we want to do as a group and a unit and what we want to represent and the vibe and music, you know, just the feeling and, you know, what we actually stand for behind our music, that type of stuff, like really hone in on what we want to, you know, get out to the public. I think, I think COVID and this whole like time of not playing has helped us kind of do that. What do you think, Nick? Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, everyone's kind of wrapped up in their own world and dealing with the crisis in their own way, but we've been pretty good at coming together and being as productive as possible. I mean, in the very beginning, like we literally just couldn't even get together. Like we had to be at home. And so, and honestly for me, like I, I wasn't feeling super inspired so like I was trying to come up with cool ideas and I felt like pressure to, to, to really come up with some new stuff. And I just couldn't really bring it out of myself. It was weird. And then um, we started tapping into some like unfinished songs. So we had like six or seven songs that we had started writing that we just never finished. And then once we started getting back into the groove of like getting together here and there, we're starting to ease up a little bit in Maryland and we were getting together and stuff. Uh, it was like, it just kind of started clicking again. And now I feel like I have a lot to say. So I'm, yeah. I'm starting to get back into uh, the normal swing of things, hopefully. So, <clears throat> what do you guys? What are you thinking about? Uh, is it affecting your <clears throat> writing in the sense of like of the subject matter, like what you're going to talk about in your new songs? Or yeah, well, I feel I feel like a lot of our stuff was kind of already like we kind of foresaw a lot of the stuff that we're dealing with today, and it's always kind of been in our music. We're somewhat of a political band already. 
Um, and we all kind of have like, you know, different roots in punk and hip hop and reggae, obviously. Uh, it's always been kind of rebel based music. And um, so it was already kind of like the subject matter already kind of is like interwoven in our stuff already. But I do feel like now more than ever, it's important to get that message out there. So I think getting more FaceTime with people and getting more involved with the music in general is going to help. I think that's always been our biggest downfall. We all have full-time jobs, you know what I mean? So just getting more involved and hopefully uh, playing more shows and doing some more recording and just having fun with it. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. hundred percent, man. So you look like you're running like the telethon or something right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am dude. I, I'm, I, it's kid. It, fools needs money. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Call in, um, you know, <laughs> one eight hundred. Donate to our non-existent Patreon, and I'll start a uh, a little a little fun for all the starving musicians locally. Yeah, good. That's the first. Uh, that's the first of those I've seen so far in any of these video pods in the quarantine era. It's usually it's either headphones, you know, or like or just like a mic. Yeah, you got them both. <laughs> yeah, it works. It works. You for me. The same the same Snap Bieber has. It's legit. I'll tell you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No snafus. I, I can't deal with any last minute uh, hiccups here. So I love it, man. I love it. <laughs> I get snafus all the time. This is, it's, it's live <laughs> television, you know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so uh, we have uh, this comment space over here. If anybody has any questions on uh, Facebook or YouTube, please feel free to post them later, and I'll get them to the guys here. I'll fly them up, ask some questions for the educated fools. Um, so tell us about uh, when did you guys start the band. Like, what made you want to start a band? God. I've always been interested in music. I ever since I was a kid and I was playing a lot of music, like just alone growing up in college, I started doing gigs by myself. Then I moved back to Maryland. My brother was doing music through his college career. We kind of thought we should link up and do something cool. So we had, he had a friend he did music with his name was Jack and the band originally started with like Kyle, Jack and I, and then Somehow we, you know, we're at a bar one night, came across our friend and they were like, oh, we have a perfect drummer for you guys. Is, you know, his name's Devin Barone. We knew Devin from elementary school. So I was like, oh, sick. So Kyle, my brother called, uh, you know, Devin up and was like, hey, we should, you know, get a jam together. Well, you know, fast forward two weeks later, we're having a jam. And then we were like, damn, we need a bass player. So I was working at PF Chang's at the time. And I worked with this kid, Tyler Garrison, for about our bass player for like a year and a half, always telling him I played music. He never once told me he was a bass player. Um, so we were actually talking one night. And he was like, oh, yeah, dude, I'm getting, you know, my degree in bass from Towson. I'm like, almost finished it. I was like, oh, sick, dude. You're just telling me this now. Long story short, we got all together and started a jam. And then Devin was like, hey, my cousin Nick is a singer and he wants to come to practice and start singing. And when, you know, when I, I was singing at the time and when I heard we heard Nick sing, we were just like, that's good. Nick and Kyle can do that. And that's kind of how the band got together, man. It was pretty cool. Them, our keyboard player was living on my couch at the time. And this was like five years ago. Wasn't, you know, wasn't even playing you know, music, but always grew up playing piano. And we bought him a melodica. So he started ripping melodica in the band and playing like uh, the melodica for us. And then eventually, you know, we got him into the keys and now he's playing, you know, a triple tier crushing it. So it's really weird how the band came together. It's like, it's kind of a mix of friends and family and, and destiny, really, you know. That's great, man. <clears throat> what was the what was the original like? <clears throat> That's you know, you get these different people coming together, um, different backgrounds, different music styles, things like that. What was the yeah. 
what was the general like uh what bands were you guys listening to and what was the sort of the vision you had for the for the collective sound everybody has such different tastes in our band so finding our sound actually took probably i'd say maybe two years till we really got comfortable with like hey this is our kind of what we you know we're yeah i'd say we're still trying to find our sound yeah i, I not 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 in a sense that we're trying to find like a thing that works, but I think it's just constantly evolving, like any band really. But like, I mean, I grew up playing. Like me and Devin were in a band. It was called Sue Grove back in the day. We actually opened for you guys, and uh, uh, that was that was that other band, um, A Sixty Effort at Fletcher's. Oh man, it was super really? long time ago. It was my first band. It was ska, like punk, super hardcore. Oh man, that's awesome. Yeah. And so I was like 19, <laughs> 20 years old, just like messing around. Awesome. So that was like my first kind of venture into it. And I, at the time, I remember thinking like, this is the style music I want to do. Like I want to do reggae because I love Sublime. I love 311. Um, we were listening to a lot of you guys too at the time. Um, all the punk bands like Less Than Jake and all this, like the old school, like ska heavy, like punk bands. I was listening to going to Warp Tours every every year. So like that was like the world that I came from, kind of. Yeah, That's it was. Crazy. It, it's crazy. And then you got Devin, who was like digging Deftones and and you know music like Periphery, Deftones, Animals with Leaders, like more like progressive metal, like hardcore. Yeah. Devin, Devin's more that style. My brother is is really into like hip hop. You know all the hip hop legends. You know Biggie. You know he likes Burner a lot. Like a, a lot of you know classic hip hop, Eminem, all those guys. Me, I like a diversity of things. I like I like everything, man. I, I could vibe with anything from pop to country to rock to rap to reggae. Well, I fall heavy in the reggae, you know, backbone myself growing up at the beach. My family lives in Ocean City, Maryland. So we always grew up listening to reggae. God, we were always jamming. And everyone, you guys, Soja, Revolution, all those bands and You've you've gone on some sick shows with those guys, man. It's cool to see you playing with like Revolution and you know, all those big bands. That's awesome, man. Like you guys are killing it. When you say, yeah, I guess it was about two years before we got, like, we, we were sounding like us, not necessarily like a sound. Yeah, like the first year was kind of like an experiment, you know, yeah. getting to know each other. You're just understanding who these people are. You're trying to write, you know, music that means something to you, these people, and then other people as well and how they interpret it. So I think like we kind of really toned in once we started playing a lot more shows together and writing a lot together. And I think like now more than ever, our process has become more of like a, this is how we write songs or we, you know, try to do things like, I guess a little bit more structured than we have in the past, which I think it's working. So the way I, the way I write lyrics too, is always kind of the same. It's always been like, cause I, I used to do a lot of poetry and stuff in high school. I know super nerdy. But like I used to do a lot of poetry with like the same cadence. And so I kind of took that and then I still use that same cadence when I'm writing lyrics, like for the verses and then the choruses and then figuring out a bridge part. Like it's always kind of the same formula. Um, a lot of it rhymes just, but it's not like, it's not just like uh, gratuitous rhyming. It's like, I, I think it's pretty well thought out and I think we deliver a sound that um, is pretty good. Cool. I think yeah. a lot of our stuff has message in it. So you listen to a lot of the lyrics, Kyle and Nick, they put a lot of thought into that stuff. It, 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 I think it, everyone can interpret it different too. You know, just like anyone who reads a book, it comes out different to the reader, you know, to each his own. So that's a good way to put it. Um, I'm like reading a book, you know, yeah, it's all how you perceive it. Um, yeah. I think 
I think uh, lyrically, like everybody loves a good party song, you know, like you got to have your party songs. Definitely. Um, but like, I think people really gravitate to the stuff that moves them um, and pulls in the heartstrings, you know, like when you, yeah. when you talk about a situation that you were in or s- someone you know was in, or even if you fabricate something, you know, you put it together, just tell a story, you know, just a fictional story that that's based on true life events, you know, um, you can really connect with people. And I think, you know, people just love the, I've had this conversation with like Brandon Hardesty a lot. Like people just love the honesty. Yeah. He's, really, he's really good at that, just like bearing his soul, you know? And, yeah. uh, and I've had trouble doing that over the years. Like, I feel like I go too deep sometimes or maybe it's like TMI, yeah. <laughs> you know, like how much do I tell? And is this, is this melodramatic? Am I, you know, is, is this too sad or is this not? Is this too I feel dark? like we talk about that a lot in our band. It's always like, is it where, you know, how far do we go? What's the topic? Like, you know, is this cool? Is this not like, you know, just trying to figure that out is I can feel you on that, man, for sure. <clears throat> yeah. Brandon does have some deep stuff. I, I, I do. I love bumping Ugly's music, man. He's, yeah. He's, he's really good at what he does. Um, no, songwriting is something that, that grows over time for sure. When you, when you said it a couple of times, uh, Nick, about, kind of like finding your sound and, and you're always, you know, we're, I mean, look, my band just turned 25 this month. Hey, 25 years, um, this month. And, and it's crazy like, dude. Yeah, yeah. Tell me about it. Um, <laughs> we've awesome. been through every stage of the, of the, uh, yeah, changing music industry. Uh, we started with CDs and MTV and, and Rolling Stone. And now it's just like spotify and nobody cares about labels and radio releasing a thing and mtv sucks and like it's just a totally different world um but uh you know and like I, I always think the same thing like i feel like we're still you know we have a a sound for sure there's a signature there there's something in the dna that sounds like us but you know i'm always experimenting and trying new things and definitely don't be afraid about that and there, yeah. there's something to there's definitely something to uh don't change what the formula if it's not if you know if, if it's working if it broke, don't fix it yeah right but then you know you also at the same time you do have to be a little dangerous and try other things yeah uh, you know and and kind of you know i know we definitely put out some things in the past that um kind of made fans go oh okay what's this but ultimately it's been all our stuff's been pretty well received for the most part um yeah. you know any weird stuff but you know just gotta you can't be afraid to, to try new things and be brave you know I'm excited for what we have uh, that's out, you know coming up, man. We got a lot of different stuff. If you listen like to our new single we just released, Operate, what's about to come out after Operate is so different. Uh, they're like not even on the same playing field. One's a really soft reggae love song, and one is a you know a heavy-hearted you know rock song. And then the song after that we're going to be dropping is more of like a pop, like modern day pop, like hip hop reggae song. So I think like we're. I like dipping our toes in everything. Like I said, you know, I come from a background where I like all music. Like I'm, I'm open-minded to that as well. And I think like collaborating with people is something like, I think we could definitely try to focus on more too. Cause I think there's a lot of good artists within the industry we get to play in and, you know, we'd love to be a part of that. Like we're working on these songs with you and I know the band is super excited to be a part of that. And we're super excited to see the product that comes out of it. So yeah, the stuff sounded good uh, that we're working on. It's, I know, like, I kind of I put together like a rough mix and you know with scratch vocals and such. But those guitars are fucking slamming, dude. I know, right? You killed it. 
Come it, it yeah, I know. Me and you and Fingers and Firm were putting in late night work, man. Yeah. Uh, that, that's the blood, sweat, and tears that people don't see you put in, you know? And then say it comes from everything that everyone kind of puts in. It's like a huge team effort, and nobody really understands that from the outside perspective of a band, you know, the inner workings of a band itself, it, it ha- kind of has to be a finely operated machine, you know, you gotta, you gotta have everybody on the same page. You have a lot of moving parts in a band. Um, and then you've got management and booking and, you know, and whatever else. And, and if you're out on the road, you have crew guys, uh, some, you know, like there's a lot that, that goes into it. And, uh, you know, it, so w- the people see the final product, you know, they yeah. see the, 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 the package that you've put together, but as you said, they don't see everything that goes into creating that package. And, um, and, uh, you know, it is nice to, I, I like letting people in. I, I, I kind of, I kind of got over that, that secrecy thing. Um, you know, the, 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 the big artists and stuff, they, they get, things get leaked and things like that. And, I, I would figure out, I would embrace it. You know, if, if we were some big band and like a record leaked, you know, months before it was due to come out, I would embrace it. Like, fuck it, release it, you know, let it out. You know, just, yeah. oh, man, I think there's too much, there's yeah. too much secrecy. Just like, get over yourself, bro. Like the people want yeah. it, give it to them, you know? Yes. Um, and, yeah. uh, and, and when I'm writing, uh, if I have a cool idea and it's something that, uh, I feel good about like it's a verse and a chorus or something. I'm like, I'll go on Instagram, like go live, be like, yo, check this out and just bust it out. Boom. So what? Who fucking cares? I've been on, I've been on YouTube, you know, just like doing the same thing for like an hour and a half, just working on a demo in Pro Tools. Dude, and people are hearing the whole thing. I don't care, man. It's like it gets people stoked. They get to see the, the work. thing you're talking about. Yeah. You know? And, yeah. and I think they they respect it and they appreciate it more, you know? Yeah. I, I wish I had a, you know, a film crew who could I, I try to videotape as much as I can for the band and, and produce and do everything. And it comes down to just not having enough time in my day to put together as much content as I want. You know, I, I got to make more time. It's a, it's a lot to, you know, I was making videos for a while. I still make them, but uh, when I was doing it early last year, man, I was doing it every single day. I did yeah. a song it's a of the day. Job. Yeah. Song of the day, 46 days in a row. I did 46 of them. And I was on tour. I got on tour eventually and had to stop because it was just too much, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's just already the things that are going on in your day. And then it's like, I got to shoot a video, possibly do it like three or four times. Cause I fucked up. And then, and then, and then I got to de- bring it in here and like edit it. Edit it. Yeah. Dude. And then get it and then upload it and all this and come up with the descriptions and all this shit. It's a lot, man. And, and, um, but I, I love, I just like making stuff. And, yeah. um, I think the best thing too is like, it's not even about like, it's not even about like production value as much as it is just letting people in, letting them see the process. Um, like if you just document it, um, like literally like, you know, I could probably take my phone right now, put it right here, me talking to you guys on the pod. And that could be like a clip I could use, you know, like a behind the scenes thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. just, it's cool shit. I would love to see my favorite artists like doing shit like that. Like showing me a song early, like way before it's ready or, or, you know, show me how they, how they write or, or you know, in the studio or whatever, man, or just how, what kind of coffee, how, how they make their coffee in the morning, like stuff like that, you know? Dude, we're um, lucky we have the access to platforms that allow you to do that these days as artists. Like I know, uh, I don't know if you like our fan, John Mayer, but he's got a sick documentary on YouTube and he used to talk about like how he could upload his music to, let's say, you know, his MySpace that would get on the LimeWire and then 
all he wanted to do was just release content. He didn't really care about the content. He was like, I was writing so much. I just couldn't, I couldn't even keep up with it. I just wanted to put out content and then the people would respond. So I agree with you. Like, I think it's good to get you know more out than focus on every nick and cranny and you want it to be good, but if it's good, it's good, you know? So. Yeah. I th- and, and I think <clears throat> what you said a minute ago about, you know, all the tools that we have, it's like, I think that's uh, one of the big, um, problems with artists is that they don't realize what they have. Um, and it's like, they, uh, they don't, they don't know how easy it is once you get in, like, you don't have to put a ton of thought. Um, obviously the more, the more thought you put into something, it will be noticed. Um, but you don't have to get super creative every single time. Like you can just get on and just talk about your day, you know, talk about, you know, we have to, we have to go live. We have to use the platforms um, and use all the platforms. You know, unfortunately it's like, there's a million of them, but um, pick a couple that are of the popular ones and just get on and start, start just making stuff. And, and when I say make stuff, it's literally just, I mean, just go live. And then when you're done with it, download the video or screen recorded or something and put it on your other platform. Yeah, It's just, you have to like spread it around and because not everybody's on, on every platform. Um, and you just, for, to me, it makes the most sense. If I want to stay in the conversation I got to keep making stuff. I got to keep putting things out and I gotta keep seeing how we spang. I got to see Ballyhoo, whatever new song, video, <laughs> fucking quarantine, live stream, uh, podcast. Yeah. You know, oh, here's me fucking around playing resident evil three. Like, like just that stuff. And the more people see stuff, it just, it just, you just stay in the conversation, you know? Yeah. Definitely. Dude, what, so what about taking uh, so tales from the green room, do some video from the green room. Oh, like, like straight up, like in the green room, like the real, right. Room. Like after a show and like Bakersfield or something, or like on a big tour, like, Oh, totally, man. Totally. Would that just be too many. Like you have to hire us, like have to hire like a, like a full-time videographer and do all that. Probably. Yeah. I mean, we, when we go on the road, we try to have a, a videographer with us because it, there, there's a moment where I do like to leave it to the pros um, because I know they're going to make it look dope. And right. we have a few videographers that we use when we can use them. Yeah. Um, and it's even better when the other band we're on tour with has them in their band, so we don't have to put them in our band. Uh, but, <laughs> but we'll just throw money, you know, to like uh, to yeah, yeah. Too. This. Yeah, yeah, a couple extra hours, yeah, yeah. And and so they'll, you know, like our buddy Chance, uh, you know, he'll come out with us sometimes. He did he did the Red Run the Red Run with us last summer, nice. and uh, just did recaps every day. And then every day and every night we had videos. And then he would just throw me like I'd have like a minute and a half, three minute video sometimes. Um, and then end of the week, he'd do like a weekly one with all the shows from that week. And then end of the tour, we'd have every, like a three minute, three and a half minute video of like every show, just like clips. That and cool. it, was, it was great. And the cool thing is when you, uh, you know, you get, you can get so much out of that. Just what, just like with the, the live streams, um, you can take out, you can take those recap videos or the live stream videos and start clipping out songs or, or portions, you know, maybe there's something funny that happened on this recap or whatever and start using that, post that on your, on your Instagram one day and then post a, a video from a, a song or something from a performance the next day, you know, yeah. um, you have to, you have to repurpose uh, all the, all the stuff that you're making, you know? So take your big thing, your big long hour long thing or whatever it is and start clipping it out and use that, you know, for, for different stuff. Like Spotify, Spotify has got going to do like a video portion right to their streaming there's a yeah there's like a um 
you can do, I, I haven't, I don't think we've done this yet, but you can have like a little clip that just loops in the background over your songs or under your songs. Yeah. Kind of cool. I've seen like in a, like a Green Day song, like a Post Malone song, they have it there. Um, there's a way to do that. There's a, yeah, there's like a, um, you can do, I, I haven't, I don't think we've done this yet, but you can have like a little clip that just loops in the background over your songs or under your songs. Yeah. Kind of cool. I've seen like in a, like a Green Day song, like a Post Malone song, they have it there. Um, there's way to do that. Our new song operate on Spotify. Check it out. It's pretty oh, cool. Did you, oh, you guys have that going on? Yeah, it's pretty sweet. The clip just like goes and if the song plays, it's almost like a little music video. Oh, pretty it's sweet. That's yeah, yeah it's, it's like a it's like a moving image kind of it's That's like right. uh, yeah yeah i'm not i'm about to get on that um but then as far as video content they were they were doing like full video yeah they were doing some video stuff yeah. like music videos and then they had like some uh some uh documentary stuff like 15 minute like mini stuff going on yeah i think i think with spotify man i think spotify is absolutely going to be more than music in a few years like oh, absolutely five ten years from now spotify is going to be just a content king and it's going to be videos podcasts music probably radio stations the way iHeartRadio does it i mean who knows man um it, it, you know you, when you think spotify you think of music but they put so much money into podcasts last year or the year before um and you can just see the trajectory. They just they just um, licensed the uh, the Joe Rogan show for three years. I think it is starting in January. Um, so like it's only going to be it's exclusive. It's going to be right there. So it's very interesting to see what's going to be happening in the music industry the next couple of years. I know Nick's listening to that Joe Rogan podcast. Oh, it's great. I've been listening to a lot. I mean, I I go in and out. I I like discover podcasts every other day. You know, there's so much out there and. The Joe Rogan thing's cool. There, I mean, there's a lot of good podcasts out there, but it's definitely like uh, you can turn into a junkie. So you mo- sometimes you have to like read a book. You're like, yeah, <laughs> totally. you know what I mean? I'm a, I'm really bad at reading. I'm like, <laughs> I can read. I just I just don't like. So I'm the guy that like has to read the page three times. You know, <laughs> right. and it takes me it takes me months to finish. Uh, and your process get different every time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, but so like there's audible for that but but like uh yeah audible's great i just started with audible it's, it's great man um yeah, but i'm listening as much because we're not you know we're not driving anywhere just kind of sitting yeah there. it's yeah. only good for driving in the car really because then you just got like an hour you can bang out at least a half a book you know totally i like conan the best i think conan's my favorite podcast i i yeah i've, I've checked out a few of his episodes he's uh i mean he's a pro i mean he's, you know what i mean he's the best he, he's, he's so good the, he's the best late night host man like he's just so like he's so good at improv and yeah he he's so quick and he's just he's like the king of silly you know like like if you've seen his old i i'm a big fan of his i've I've watched his stuff you know since the 90s and um just like snl same you know he used to write on snl and uh i i just love his his brand of comedy it's just like silly you know it comes up with like the masturbating bear like, great like dumb shit like that or like in the 90s we had uh, the segment called in the year 2000 and it was just like this dumb like in the year 2000 <laughs> he had like a flashlight under his and he, had, he wore this like cape and like this thing it, look, it just looks like he's from the future and the echo, it was so dumb but that's the, the, the best you know 
You may, be, you may be able to start incorporating some of his tactics in your uh, podcast, yeah, Alex. Your, your, your current pitch, you know. Oh, I need to, man. I need to. I'm, <laughs> I wish I was as quick and quick-witted as, as he is. Um, what do you usually do on the road to pass time, like when you are touring? Like, what do you do? I mean, you know. work, obviously. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I'm never really not working. I like right. I say that honestly. Like, <clears throat> um, the last couple tours, I brought my PlayStation out. So, I'll like get into a game. I'll like play, you know, Resident Evil two last year. I was playing that like crazy just to get out of like band mode. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta like, I feel like it's important to, to, um, to turn your brain off for a while. And, and I say, turn your brain off. I mean, when you play video games, especially when it's puzzles, you gotta, you gotta be focused, but like it's to focus on something else and not think about emails and, dms and you know just the whole thing that comes with being in a band it's not about music anymore or just music anymore it's about you have to be savvy you have to or at least someone in the band needs to you gotta have that hustle or it's not there you gotta have it and and today's hustle is happening on the internet and um it's it's all that you got to be on the platforms and making content and you're a content creator you know it's like i mean look we always were content creators you right. Know, we we always made our content is music and music videos. Yeah. Now you just have to go harder with it. You know, and and it's 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 more than just uh, studio footage and things. It's it's literally like I said earlier. Like I did a video of me making coffee with my daughter. Like just stuff like that. You know, like it, you have. Does to, that come naturally to you? I feel yeah. like for me, I'm so bad at like self promotion. You know what no, I mean? I, I get so it. to me. I totally get it. Myself. But I love other people promoting themselves. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's something that you have to kind of, you have to just get used to or or get over it. um, Right. A a little bit like, like you might be inhibited by like, oh, people are going to think this is stupid or, or like, or, or, or like, I'm a dumbass when I talk. Like, when I talk, like when I'm speaking, I feel like a complete dumbass, like when I'm publicly speaking. Um, and, and, or in conversation with people, like, I feel like I know three words and I just keep using the same words over and you know what I mean? Like, I, I wish I could be more eloquent when I speak. Um, but, uh, and then, you know, I get, I don't make a lot of videos to be honest. It's because I don't shower. I shower like every two days. I'm just like, <laughs> I, like, I'm always do I'm not like a troll. I'm in here doing this <laughs> and, I start just, gross, and like i get that eighth grade crustache and like the yeah fucking hair the are hair you showering like, less now right since now, quarantine bro. or are you showering more what's that are you showering more or less right now uh i'm showering less because i don't go anywhere yeah and and it's just what's the point like that's that's you know 20 or 30 minutes in the bathroom that i could be spending doing this stuff and uh yeah. and i don't know and so and it's just i don't feel like i'm just like eh, i'm just gonna go make some coffee and start working right um, you know, and I, I it, people like want me to do like cameo stuff, and like I'm like, oh shit, I need to go take a shower first. You know, like <laughs> so. So there's that. There's like a, I'm worried about appearance. Hey man, people probably wouldn't even give a shit. You know, if I if I was just like all oh, three days no shower, just like they would respect the hustle. You're a rock star, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, you know, but but that's that's my thing. That's that's me going. You know, I, I know I need to. I know I need to make more videos, but I make excuses for myself. But well, I'm not a shower. Eh, I'll do it tomorrow. What amazing video could I have made? You know, that night, under, like, no shower, Howard. Like in the moment, you don't want to. Yeah, lose the moment. 
Yeah. I think, I think we have a lot of us have ideas and, and things that we just don't pursue uh, when we should. You must shower more on the road. I shower every day on the road. Right. I I wouldn't agree more, man. I think that, dude, I have so much shit I want to put out that I should probably just put out. You know, like I am right there with that. Like I should just let it go, you know? Well, yeah, because when we used to have all this conversation, remember Logan about like, oh, we should we should really hold back and then like like, promote this big thing and then wait and then pick a date. And then it's like, that's not really the, you know, I never really liked that. And then it also kind of slows your momentum a little bit. And and then we're also super unorganized. So it's like, well, when are we going to pick this date? When are we going (laughs) to, you know what I mean? Like it just doesn't really work that way. Somebody, somebody in the band needs to, needs to like be like the, kind of steer the ship, I guess. Right. Um, I know. I understand it's probably a democratic process and that's fine. That's how it should be. Um, everybody makes decisions together, but somebody has got to go, okay, Hey guys, what about this date? You know what I mean? Somebody. And then you guys go, okay, that's fine. If, if there's literally like no reason not to, there's no reservations. Like, you know, instead of going, eh, let me think about it. Like it's always more like about it or is it a good day? You know? Yeah. It's, it's always more like somebody just wants to change one thing. You know, or like add one thing and you're like, oh, shit. Well, I think the biggest problem is consistency. Like it's, it's just like anything. If you're not consistently going to the gym, you're going to get fat. Or like if you're not, you know, consistently going and taking a shower, you're going to smell horrible. Like we're not consistently doing even the small things. And I think that I think we're going to change that, hopefully. But like that's probably our biggest downfall at this point with like the content stuff is just like like you said, you know, this doesn't just all happen. Like you have to get in the groove of like putting stuff out and getting comfortable with it and. I don't know. It just seems like uh, the more you do it, the better you get at it. I'm sure, you know. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And, and it's and it's not it's not like like I said it's it's not so much how it's not production value. Don't don't worry about that. I mean, our phone yeah. is a great video, you know. Yeah. Um, and and literally just uh, a couple of you guys sitting around playing acoustic and Nick, you singing a song like for three minutes, like that's that's content. It's very easy to do, like. You know, and, and or if you don't if you don't have time to do that for some reason, it's literally like, all right, guys, I've been trying to get this uh, this new Lacroix lately. It's twenty five bucks on Amazon for a, for a twelve pack. What's going on? Like just dumb shit like that. And yeah, post it. And like, what's your favorite flavor, of Lacroix? Like, just it it really doesn't. Coconut. It's entertainment, man. Coconut. Yeah, yeah. Dude, coconut is like licking my chick's arm at the beach. <laughs> but I like it. I like. It. No, I don't mind doing that either, you know, especially at the beach. God, put me on a beach. I'm happy, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> Do you ever think about adding a sidekick to the pod, Howie? A sidekick? Yeah, no, I, 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 need, a, I need to get a, a witty sidekick <clears throat> with an attitude. Do you, are you, have, do you really want somebody to do it with, or do you like, um, do you like kind of like doing it yourself? I've never given it any thought, to be honest. Um, yeah. I, uh, I, have, I have talked about doing a, a – starting another podcast with a couple of guys in the band um, because we're like, we're all big into video games. Um, I don't play as much as I, as I was, as I would like, but um, Nick and Donald play a lot. And so I thought it'd be cool to start our uh, video game podcast and just kind of talk about what's, what's happening, our favorite games. And like each episode, like talk about our favorite game, like feature one game, you know, but then have like a new segment too about what's coming up and things like just what's going down. Um, Ben's a huge gamer, and so is Devin. Oh, yeah. nice man! Yeah, yeah. I think it'd be fun. It'd be it'd be a fun little thing, and that, and that's what the thing too is like. I feel like uh, people need to need to 
you can start a career with the thing that you love, you know, as dumb as it sounds. Um, yeah. Look, we love music and we're doing that. And we're getting, we're making money from it. You know, yeah. it's uh, you, you have to work for it. Like that's the part that people know. It's like, you got to work really hard for it. Um, but it's totally possible. You know, if I want to talk about how, how stickers are made, you know, and you, you start a whole YouTube channel about stickers, you get a following, you know? Yeah, Nuts. no doubt. There's a kid who's like a billionaire. He's eight. He talks about toys. I think it's like Tommy's toys or whatever. Yeah, dude, there's a. Makes there's, mad bread, dude. There's a wonderful meme I saw. Uh, <laughs> it's like uh, me getting ready for work when a kid from New Jersey just won $3 million <laughs> playing football. Oh, God. And, it, and yeah. it's like a picture. It's a picture of Joaquin Phoenix as the Joker in like a members only jacket. And he's like looking in the mirror like. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> dude, I laughed so hard, man. It was one of those like big LOLs, you know? Um, yeah. Oh, that's really happening out there, too. It's totally happening. Like, <laughs> Somebody in a like, members only jacket just like in despair. Mirror. <laughs> total fucking clown while, they, while these kids are <laughs> making money on, on YouTube and Instagram, you know? I could make three million playing Fortnite. I mean, I'd start playing tomorrow, but I suck at video games. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could do you could do like a live stream, like you could do like a Twitch scenario where you have like a playlist with all your buddy like buddies in the band and stuff, and just play video games, talk shit, and just like play your playlist. Yeah, dude, people would tune into that. That's what I'm Hell saying. yeah, I would tune into that, dude. <laughs> a bunch of dudes sitting around playing video games and talking shit. Like, yeah. that is that is. That's awesome, dude. That's you know? ESPN at your at your at your period right there. That's dude. what I'm saying, man. Like the esports is taking off huge right now. I'm like, I don't know anything. You know, just just guys sitting around talking shit, guys, girls, whatever. Just like yeah. talking about whatever comes to mind, or, or or if there's something specific, you know. Uh, like, do you think? Um, sorry, not to cut you off, Howie. Yeah. Do you think that there's like a difference in the your younger dynamic, like the crowds that are a little bit younger, like your fans that are younger versus like dudes like us who are like in their thirties that have been listening to your shit forever. Like the way that you reach them or like um, the way that you kind of do your thing with them. I mean, the way you reach them, like the young ones, you reach them on TikTok, Right. You know, um, if you're paying attention to, you know, you should always be paying attention to the next platform. Like I saw TikTok like exploding, um, before like my son had it, you know, like I was like, this, this looks like a thing. You know, and I was, and I pay attention. I read things and I, I watch YouTube videos about stuff. And I'm like, I'm like, this seems to be the thing that's coming, you know? Um, but so a lot of the young people are there. Um, not as many young people on Facebook. It's more people our age and older. What uh, about like the shows? Cause one of the biggest problems we have is like, um, now all, all of our shows are all ages. Actually, most of them are not. And and I know a lot of my sister's friends in high school, like my cousin's friends, like there's a younger audience out there that I feel like we kind of miss because we're playing, you know, like shows that aren't all ages and a lot of our content is, you know, it can be, it can be harsh, you know, sometimes and I get that, but I don't know. It's kind of like, I'm wondering what your thoughts are on that. No, you're right. Uh, there's definitely, uh, there's definitely kids. I mean, <clears throat> you're going to have fans, fans of all ages. Um, our, our biggest for us, you can go on like your Instagram or your YouTube or whatever your Facebook and look on the fans platform. And you'll see on the analytics that like for us, our biggest group is, uh, I believe it's 25 to 34. Um, mostly dudes. I don't know why. I look, Iration can't have all the girls, man. You right, know? but that's but that's now though, right? That couldn't that couldn't be when you guys were like I could go yeah. back ten years and yeah, yeah, your yeah. whole crowd was girls. Yeah, the M square, man. They got the micas rocking the guitars together. 
dude, Micah's, I mean, Micah's voice is just, it's yeah. too good. It's too good. It's you know, so his, good. And his love songs, they, they just connect. And it's like, time bomb. And all the girls are like, that's me. That's me. I'm <laughs> I love the time bomb. bomb. I love Micah figured it out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we actually covered that song. It's pretty badass. Oh, that's a great song. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. That was uh, your last tour, right, Howie? Yeah, yeah, with Iration, it was great. Um, How was that, dude? I was great, man. It was, uh, it was slamming. I was, I was actually surprised because we hadn't toured those guys in nine years before that. Wow. Um, we played Crazy. festivals together over the, over the last ten years, but, uh, but we hadn't actually toured together. And the, the first tour was 2011, and um, we uh, it went well, but it went way better this time. I think. I mean, I know, I know what it was. So I had this whole thing of like, I get this punk rock attitude, you know, where it's just like, man, fuck that. We're going to do whatever we want. Like, eh, like our music, blah, blah, we'll play whatever we want, whatever. And that can bite you in the ass. Like um, you have to be willing to play ball a little bit. Um, and if you don't want to play ball, that's totally fine too. You just got to be happy with kind of sticking here for a, a lot longer. You know what I mean? Um, so like, I, we were like playing all our heavy shit, like all our bigs, like because we wanted to put on a, a big show. We want to put on like an energetic show, right? And I felt at the time like our reggae stuff, we just you just you're kind of like this, you know. And where like the the punk rock stuff, I'm jumping up and down, I'm fucking screaming, I'm like you know, all over the stage, you know, like blah, blah, like yelling yelling at the crowd, fucking rock and roll, fucking ripping it, and I didn't know how to like. Do you remember when you busted your head at Secrets, bro? I was right there. Oh, yeah. You came back out on stage bleeding, and you you fucking crushed it, dude. (laughs) I was was like, fuck yeah. I was in the stage, dude. I was there (laughs) with your sound guy, Parker, at the time. Like, you killed it, dude. That was sick. When you were covered in blood, fucking come back out and rocked out, dude. Everyone in Ocean City loved it. It (laughs) Dude, uh, yeah, super embarrassing. Um, (laughs) I remember every time somebody points it out. Thank you. It was uh, no, it was great. It was great. Yeah, um, it was sick. It, it's part of you know. It's it was a rock show, and uh, it, I I I was too tall. Um, sometimes I'm too tall, <laughs> and uh, smack my my face like right. I think it was one of these eyebrows, like right here, right on the damn uh, speaker, man. And um, dude, you didn't hard. even stop playing your solo. You- you were just bleeding, ripping. I was, like, <laughs> I was just like, oh, I saw the blood coming down. I was like, shit, shit, uh, animal. <laughs> yeah, you know, the show's got to go on, man. I think, I think Dave Grohl like just broken his leg, and I'm like, I can't leave the stage for this. You know, Dave Grohl <laughs> hanging out of his leg. Like, he totally God. came back 20 minutes later. You know, yeah. Um, but uh, what a rocker, dude. Yeah, we uh, had like we had like five songs left. I was like, we got to finish this. Um, but, uh, yeah, so yeah, we were playing all the heavy shit and I just felt like, um, you know, I know that looking back, we were too heavy, you know, cause we would, we would come slamming out and then Iration would come out, um, just smooth as fuck, you know, and, and everybody's dancing and all the girls are dancing everybody's got their drinks and it's just, you know, it's, it was, it was an amazing, it was a shit show back then tour, you know, but, um, but it was, it was a great experience but seeing that i was like and looking and over the years i I kept having that same attitude we're gonna do what we want and then you know this time around we really we really 
you know, tailored the, the set, same with Reb, like we tailored the set more to like that crowd. And what I've come also come to learn is that uh, over the years, like our fans are like the same, like we have a lot of the same fans. Um, there's a, there's a different vibe to each band, Ballyhoo, Reb, Iration, um, you know, Bump and Uglies, everybody's got a different flavor, but uh, there's a lot of crossover. Like I'll see, you know, at our shows, I see stick figure shirts, pepper shirts, yeah, Lucian shirts, uh, Iration. I see it all, you know, and um, and so it just just like at their shows, we had a lot of fans. At, that amphitheater tour last summer was great. Like we we had a, a lot of fans in the in the Revolution crowd, and I was I was very pleased to see that because it's a little bit because I was like, man, I hope people like us. You know, I hope we're not just too heavy or weird or you know because people want to like they want to vibe out like this, but nowadays we have the the catalog to go in and really tailor the set to, to sort of do whatever show we want to do, you know, and right. we can still make it exciting and fun the way I, I guess I didn't think was possible, you know, like 10 yeah, years. Yeah. That makes right sense. Right before we did, uh, right before COVID, we did our first like, fu- like big tour kind of with Bump and Uglies and Fortunate Youth. And a big thing that our band did was we, we cut back on all our heavy shit for that tour. We didn't play really anything heavy because it wasn't the right vibe, you know? Um, so we made like, we, we were, we were pretty cautious. I feel like we're always really cautious of like the set that people were playing to or the atmosphere because each, each room is different, you know, or each vibe is different. Just like you said, each, like every night you play, it's always going to be like a different vibe, you know? It's weird. Cause like as a, as a fan, I almost enjoy seeing like, the opposite type of band who opens, you know what I mean? Like maybe that's part of the reason why you're like, well, fuck this. I'm just going to do my thing. Cause from like a fan's perspective, you're like, I love to see a different type of artist before a chill reggae band's coming up next. You know what I mean? I think, I think life is about dynamic, you know, that's yeah. really exciting. Definitely. Um, and uh, you know, the same goes for, for shows or, you know, like when you have, when you have three of the exact same bands, there, there are certain bands that sound the same and um, you know, but like, and I don't, I don't mean like exactly the same. I just mean like the same concept of like maybe heavy, soft, soft, yeah, heavy or roots, fun. reggae, dub, reggae, punk, reggae, rock, reggae, what, you know, ska. Um, it's uh there's differences, but um, you know, it's, it's like mix, mix it up. Like, you know, if it's a reggae rock show, put a ska band on there that has a big horn section play. Right. You know, just change things up. So it's, it's fun for the crowd. Um, the flip to that, you know, life is also about nuance. <laughs> There's people the you habit, know, man. They like the same stuff. Yeah, man. So like, yeah. we'll go in like, so we went out with a tribal seeds. We did two full tours of tribal seeds and, um, it, the guys were great and they wanted us to come back and do the second tour we did with them uh, a couple years later. And I, I said, no, the first time uh, they asked well, for the second tour. I was like, no, I don't, I don't want to do that. Like, and, and like, you guys are great. But, and then like a couple weeks later, they asked again, Hey, you come do that. I was like, oh man, I don't know. I think I said no twice. And then finally we're like, all right, let's do it. Um, and it was a lot better the second time around, but um, it's just that th- there are some crowds that just aren't going to go well with what we're doing. And when you take like roots reggae and then you put it up against 
punk reggae or reggae rock or whatever you want to call us beach rock yeah. um we it just it just wasn't working it was this weird dynamic that was happening like we were too fast do you guys I, i've explained this to my band like do you guys know like when you uh when you're when you're used to playing a song a certain tempo and then when a guy like me comes in and say okay guys we're gonna play it like this and and you're like whoa this feels way slower or feels way faster one you know what i mean yeah that feeling you feel i feel like we're doing that to tribal seeds fans like we're coming in and we're just like we're faster like just all like overall yeah and like our reggae isn't the same type of reggae um and it's just there's some heavy shit and um we didn't play riddle with bullets because that would be crazy but um but like there's something there there's some psychology going on there i think um and it's 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 interesting but it just showed me that like okay this dynamic isn't working like this these two bands together just doesn't really it's not productive you know did you have time in your schedule how do they know you were available for that for that second one we had just it's one of those things where you just management is talking bookings talking and it's like oh okay. so and so's going out and it's like uh or, or like i think the band like you know it's just like us so like we'll we'll reach out to bands that we know and bands we want to like package up with and we like months in advance like hey what are you guys doing uh in the spring you know stuff like that or what are you doing in the fall and then you just you just feel it out and if everybody's in, into it you have the the team make it happen um other times it's it's booking saying hey so and so is going out do you want me to submit you guys You're like fuck yeah or no you know yeah uh, uh so you know it was like that with uh with comic kings too like comic kings are, those guys are so sick dude that band is amazing juniors are crazy dude, his, his voice is ridiculous and they're all just great musicians um i went and saw kyle ahern and eric rachmani do a set at secrets in ocean city it was acoustic and they were there with the common kings and i ended up chilling with junior like all day dude that guy's the man he's good people they're awesome dude that was when uh then they played pier six i think like uh the day after yeah and like i was at that show too it's like dude yeah that was uh 2018 because that's when they they were going to be in ocean city for a few days and we played secrets and all those guys came out and we had Eric come on stage and do that, that song with us. Oh so yeah. I mean, it was like, everybody still talks about how great I was that, at that show. You were there? Sick, dude. Yeah. When you had uh, Eric Rachmani come up on stage and do the, uh, his verse. That was and the so common cool. King guys came out they were fucking, they were like moshing and shit during the punk stuff. It was so fun. Man. Did you guys randomly put, clip that little video together, Howie? That you had Eric in the in the booth, or did you guys like talk about that? Was that oh, random? You about the the quarantine video? Yeah, um, yeah. So that was uh, we that was the first run of videos that we did. We did we did five, um, and I had we had basically yeah we we tracked drums for five songs and that was one of them i hit up eric and i was like hey if we, if we did this song would you want to um would you want to do your part like film yourself and record yourself and send me the stuff and he was like oh yeah dude that'd be awesome um and then i reached out really to, cool. to, to matt from real big fish and billy from the interrupters because they played horns on the song nice. i was like yo would you guys want to do your parts and everybody everybody agreed so i was like well we got to do this one then um and yeah he he just we basically just did all our parts, all the rhythm stuff, and and I did my vocals and, and guitar, and I put together like a rough mix of that and sent it to Eric, and uh, he just, I you know, set up his his phone and pressed record on his 
on his dog and just they he just did it. It was great. And then I just put it all together. It's awesome, man. That's so sweet. Yeah, man. That was that was very cool. That was that was one of the more popular ones for sure. Yeah. That guy, guy's awesome. Um great guitar player, man. Him and he's him really- and yeah. I did that tour with him. Uh, you were talking about not not that year, but I did it back in December of this past December, he's nineteen, and uh, I, I did I think eight shows with him or seven shows. Um, flew out to Denver, did that one, and then we flew back and did like New York City, uh, Philly, Boston, uh, did Annapolis. It was it was rad, man. Just watching him, him and Kyle do their thing every night it was, it was so great. He's kind of does his own thing too. Kyle's got that that Island Girl jam out. That's really cool. And he's a sick guitar player. He's always posting sick videos on Instagram, man. I got to play with him in Connecticut uh, when we like Fortunate Youth is real cool. They would like let us play on stage with them at the end of the set. Yeah, and, like dude, they would just hand me a guitar and like be like, all right, you go ahead. And it's like we just like at the end of the song, it was like they started playing it and then we finished playing it. And we had like one show where there was like Pepper came on and then, you know, Kyle Ahern came on and like Nick was on with Dan Kelly. It was really it was cool. Nuts. Yeah, it was but, fun. Yeah, probably one of the more fun moments of like, oh man, it was the best. It was like a random night. I was like, dude, what these, guys? I turned around and it's like Kyle here and I handed the guitar. I was like, oh, sick. And then like Brett Bollinger's on stage killing it. I'm like, what is going on? I didn't even know this was going down. Like, this is sick. Yeah, they, they, those guys love doing the Brodeo thing. Um, they just pull everybody up. It's it's so great to see. I it's ended cool. up on stage with Iration last summer. I ended up going to like three shows because we had off last summer uh, until the end. Like till like August, I think, which was we we it was our first summer off in like thirteen years at that point. Wow. Um, yeah, and uh, so I ended up on stage with Iration, like wasted, like with a tambourine. Right. <laughs> I saw we played a show. Uh, we did a little run with the Expendables, and you came on stage and played uh, Bowl for Two at uh, Soundstage. That was real sick. Yeah, that was fun. You killed that. Yeah, that was, um, it, it's fun being in this uh, in this community, man. Like like I said, there's there's so much crossover with the fans, um, and there's there's only a few bands or, or a couple of bands that we didn't really fit with on a tour, um, and but but most of the bands, just everybody, there's something for everybody, I think, and um, we've had great even with uh, Stick Figure, like you know, he's he's just doing more the the dub reggae stuff, but like. Like his fans loved us when we when we played with him. We were supposed to play in a show with them last year in the woods, and it ended up being a sick show, and we didn't get to play it. I was like, "Oh man, damn!" It's like, "Damn, that sucks." I love their music, man. They're they're so cool. They just got like such a good vibe all around. It's good. It's just good to see, man. We we did we did like our best merch ever on um on the Fortune Youth tour in 2018. Nice. It was crazy, man. Yeah, we were like the the fans were just we go out there and just crush every night. Like, um, I was I was very surprised because I wasn't sure I was going to turn out again because like you know they're more of like uh, laid back, chill, um, jam stuff. And uh, yeah, I, yeah, it, it was it was. You guys put on such a sick show. I think every time I watch you guys, I'm always inspired personally to get our coordinates down better. Oh, thanks, like man. you guys are freaking like. A, 
I don't know. One band I would relate you guys to, and I, I love this band, is Tropodelic. They're really coordinated on stage. And I think you guys kind of have a parallelism in how coordinated you both perform. Dude, when we played the brewery show with you guys and you ended the show with the lights and all the guys had their hands up, it was like so perfectly executed. That was great. So sick, man. Like that showmanship is like stuff like I, I like to see. That's like what I want to go and see people do as a, as a fan. You know, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I think, thank you. Um, I, I think there's, uh, you know, <clears throat> I took I took a lot of my cues from from like Billy Joe Armstrong and Green Day and like watching those guys when I was a kid. He's um, a rocker, dude. Yeah, man, just like seeing how the show is supposed to go. You know that? What's that? He actually has a band with his kids. And they're- Oh, yeah. Like, I know, it's the best, man. He, uh, he just, <laughs> what I love about him is, is that he just plays. Like even like, all the guys, they just play. They don't care about how it looks like the green day show is d- different. It's, it's a big thing, but like I'm talking about like they have side bands. Yeah. Uh, it's just like, I've seen them play like, like Billy's in a cover, a uh, uh, cover band called the Cover Ups, I think. And they, it's like him and Mike and some other guys. And they just, it's like, it looks like a show you'd see at a bar, just like guys up there, you know, tuning on stage and just kind of bullshitting and taking forever to get to the next song, just very bar band style. Um, and I don't know, man, it, it's just rad. I've seen videos of them just going on stage randomly uh, with, with another band's gear just to play some songs and, and the, the guitar is slightly out of tune or whatever. And it's just, I don't know. It's just, it's inspiring to see that um, just because the, the love of the music, the love of just wanting to play, and, and not being so wrapped up in how it looks or how it sounds. Um, that said, uh, I when it comes to the value stuff, I do try to make it look as good as it can and sound as good as it can. Um, and we're always trying to think of ways to like make it look and sound better. Um, we added the we added the light boxes in years ago. I think that was like six years ago. Now we've had those. So we stand on the light box and the light shoots up from underneath us. <laughs> One little tweak that it's not something that like, because our tour manager, Alex has a lot to do. Um, like he has to trigger the, the geysers. We added those in a couple of years ago and like those things go off and the smoke and the colors and stuff. Um, and then he puts the wig on me when I go to play this, this solo and blaze this weed. And uh, so we try not to get, add a lot of stuff to him to do. Uh, so we try to think of ways like that we can do it ourselves so like the light boxes was, was a way to do it. Like where we like Scott built them and it has a little trigger in there and it's just pressure sensitive. So when you press down on the glass, the plexiglass on the corner, the triggers, the button and the floodlight comes on and it just, it just adds to the show, man. It's, it was so simple. I think it was a hundred bucks to make both of them. Yeah. And- even that. And like you guys also have cool stage props too. Like sometimes you'll have trees or skeletons for the Halloween show. Like we did. You had coffins and skeletons, and that that shit makes it sick, dude. I I really appreciate that you guys put that much effort into it because it makes the person who's viewing the show feel much more like this is sweet. This is something they want to be seeing, you know. Yeah, man, you got it. That that's our that's our biggest show of the year. You know, that's the one we go hard on. And I think if you know, if especially if it's a Halloween show, like you gotta like it's gotta look like a Halloween party, you know. Yeah. You know, and, and it's it's like, you know, maybe we'll get there one day when we can have, you know, the big video walls and and <laughs> crazy laser shows. And I mean, HD like, LED wall, yeah, man, like revolution's got like the um, they have 
on the tour we did last summer, it was like they had the big show set up, the three trusses with lights, and it looks like like mountains. They and travel with like them, four eighteen wheelers, dude. Yeah, they come with all these trucks, and it's crazy. Each day they needed six like six foot tall cans of uh, cryo, which is where you, when you see on the hits, you'll see like the the the, the smoke spray up. Oh yeah, like it happens a lot. Well, like <laughs> there's six cans of it every day like they run out every night and then every like someone's putting this together someone's making a call or sending an email i need more crying immediately we need this every day and it's obviously set up you know months in advance but but like (laughs) just the production when you when you go like we like i've seen it all man you know just from like the shitty bar you know with like awful pa or no pa to yeah. like full scale light show, big amphitheater, huge sound, fucking, you know, everything, man. And uh, it's just amazing to see. Like 311 was the first that I saw. We got to like experience. It's like, damn, dude, like these guys have their shit together. Like everybody is doing something, everybody's there to work, and everybody's really good at their job. Yeah. Um, you know, there was a, I think it was on the what tour was it? I can't remember. It might have been the the Reb tour. Somebody's like polishing the cymbals. Like I've never seen anybody polish cymbals before. Like is <laughs> it's crazy to me. Or maybe it's iration. Yeah, yeah, with, with our tour manager more, he's polishing cymbals like before he goes to bed, dude. He loves a shiny cymbal. <laughs> I um, love that, man. Yeah. Uh, stage um, stage cleanliness has to be on point too, you know. Uh, y- yeah, the stage's got to be clean. There can't be shit laying there. Oh. We try to be as wireless as possible. Like, I'm just, I hate being tethered. Oh. Um, like, when I, I, I like getting in front to the, to the crowd and, like, <clears throat> the, the cable would stretch. And then when you walk back, the cable coils up. And you do that a few times, it coils up even more. Or you kick your cable out. Yeah, you kick the cable out. You're pulling your pedals or whatever. You pull your amp. Like, um. Oh. It's just nuts, and and then like getting getting the wedges out of the way, like for for monitors, like you go, going in here, like just and then now it's like uh, we use Kemper and uh, Nick uses dark glass, so it's like there's no amps on stage. It's just it's so clean, you know. Um, it's almost to the point where it's like maybe we should add something back on here to make it. <laughs> <laughs> what are they doing? How are they making all these awesome sounds? Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but. Uh, you know, if, if you're expendable, you have all the dummy calves, which looks awesome. Um, yeah, their cabinets are sick with all the art on it. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, man, I, I think I think thinking about the show, um, you know, if you go play a show and you don't have all that stuff, people probably won't notice, and it'll, it'll they'll they'll go with the show and just rock with you. But if you do take the time, they'll notice. do notice, man. Yeah, and they're like, wow, this this looks awesome. Like, I got to go to this next time. You know, like. Like what you should always be thinking about what can I do to make people want to go to the show and bring their friends next time, you know, and they bring a friend next time. It's all about that growth. Yeah. I'm we had that. a bash. We had it with the bash. We had some momentum yeah. going and they canceled it this year, unfortunately, but I feel they like ruined, we, ruined it, man. Damn it. Capture that. Cause everyone brings their own, their own show to the party. And it's like, everyone's looking forward to that day every single year. Is so. that the high tops thing? Yeah. yeah. We, we put that on together. That was like our fourth year. Last year, we had Fortunate Youth Headline. Dude, it ended crazy. It was rock and roll. They went over their time limit, and they cut the power, which was crazy. 
And like the crowd just didn't have it happen because they had like the backup reserve still on for the amps and stuff. And they just rocked out the crowd. We had uh, this little girl on stage who had, who had cancer and like they're holding her up and everyone's cheering for her. It's like one of the best moments I've ever seen. That was really cool. Oh, so epic, epic, man. That's oh, awesome. Dude. When do you think we're going to get shows again, Howie? Dude, 2021, bro. Yeah. I know. It sucks. It's, uh, I don't make the rules. I I didn't make COVID 19, but uh, (laughs) no, man. I I just, just the more and more I see it. Cause like, here's the thing. Here's the thing. You should be entertaining offers. You should be definitely like, cause people still putting on shows, you know, maybe not here, but down south or whatever. Um, Down south is not the best place to go right now, according to, you know, red. That I see on the map lately, um, but uh, definitely should have shows on the books if you can get them, or at least be talking about it. Have holds um, because if for some reason things get good in the fall uh, and you don't have anything on the books, you probably won't be able to get anything because other bands are going to have it. Yeah, um, and <clears throat> we're we're not going to be we're not going to be the first band to go out and join the parade. You know, if, uh, if things start popping again, yeah. Um, we're going to kind of let things happen. I, I don't want to be responsible for a bunch of people getting sick or, right. You know, I just don't want, I don't want that tied to the band. Um, and, uh, I'm not, you know, luckily we're in a situation where we're not, gonna we're not gonna die from this you know with like uh the band i mean the the, the business um yeah. the business isn't gonna be killed you know some bands are, are some bands are gonna quit there's businesses that are shutting down you know because of this um but we're gonna be able to keep going um because of just years of being set up you know and um <clears throat> so we're not really we don't feel like the need to go play shows um right bands that like don't necessarily have the money in the bank to like do this or whatever to, to like ride it out, maybe looking for whatever, whatever opportunities they can get. Um, but just be safe and make sure it's in a situation where it's going to be a socially distanced thing. Maybe it's outside. Outside would be better. Yeah. The diner drive shows have been kind of cool. I've been seeing people doing driving shows. Yeah. Driving thing is weird for me. Yeah, definitely. I don't think we're going to do that. I, and I don't even, I don't even mean weird for like, because of how it is. Like, obviously it's strange. You're playing to cars and, but I've seen footage and things and people get out of their cars and they rush the stage at the end of the night. Like, it's just, that's all it takes, you know? And I don't want to be like, I don't be like the old guy in the room, you know, like, oh, you kids, follow the rules. Like, uh, <laughs> I hate that. I hate that, man. Um, but it's like, I got kids, man. I don't want, I don't want to go out and get my kids sick or get anyone else's right. kids sick or their grandma or something. I don't know, man. It just, yeah, it just weirds me out. So keep doing live streams until, you know, like we, if you're going to survive, survive, you need to adapt and, you know, everything, dude, I'm saying it is, dude, you have to, you move online. Everything's happening online. There's no reason you can't be on here doing a stream, you know, playing your guitar or whatever. Yeah. Or just, or just talking, talking to your, to your people, you know? Um, I think even that would be enough. Um, and, uh, you know, you can, you, there's, there's ways to monetize and, and make some money and people want to help. They want to support. 
they want to donate to your cause, you know, yeah. um, but give them something to donate to. Right. Make it something that is worth them throwing 10 bucks at you, you know? Um, and, uh, whether that's you're a really good talker and you're entertaining to listen to, you know, um, other than that, I mean, if you're a musician, you should be on there playing tunes. Yeah. You know? Um, <clears throat> but I think that's how we survive. And, and hopefully this vaccine or whatever comes through in January, like they're saying, and, uh, we can get back to normal or some, some sort of, some sort of normal. Right. Um, how, how are you guys dealing with it? I mean, what are you guys doing? I've been working from home and playing music from home and like the bands, like we, we get together, we try to get together twice a week. Um, but even that's tough now, you know, like we're, we're probably doing like once a week, twice a week, if it's a good month, you know, or if it's a good week, um, you know, but we've been, we're still pumping out tunes. I'm still sending everyone songs and Nick and Kyle are still collaborating on writing. So we're trying to stay working you know, at least while this is going on, like, Hey, here's an idea. What do you got? Here's an idea. What do you got? So when we get together, we can collab on those new songs or the music we have been working on. That's great, man. De- definitely don't, <clears throat> don't stop the music, man. The world need needs music right now. No doubt. You no know, more than ever. I think Yeah, um, a lot yeah. of stuff going on. People just want to drift away, man. Totally, man. Totally. Like we just want to, especially like God, a month ago, you know, before that, like the last, like, three, three months prior, we're just like terrible. Everybody's just truly locked down. Like, you know, we couldn't go out at all. Um, and, uh, I think, I think Hogan handled it really well. Yeah. Um, And it just shows every time you look on the map there, you see like Maryland always has like a lighter color. (laughs) Staying below where we should because everyone's chilling at home. Everybody's chilling at home. And, uh, just cause you can go out and do shit doesn't mean you should, you know? Um, I think if you, I think it's great. Like that, look we're we're not made to be caged up and and we do get crazy and we want to go out and that's fine and now we're able to so like but don't fuck it up for everybody else like oh dude yeah. like wear a goddamn mask don't cry about it um just if you're outside i, I don't wear a mask when i'm outside but when i go in somewhere i'll yeah. put my mask on you know amen fucking 10 minutes in the grocery store or whatever it's like big, big fucking deal right um, i think the i think you know anybody that's like going against that is like is like kind of it's just ruining it for everybody, you know. Yeah, and we, we're basically starting. Yeah. yeah, like let's let's help. So there's a reason other countries are down here, and we're going like this, you know. Yeah, because people. Uh, yeah, are, I mean, age, man. Yeah. People the weird, the weirdest, the weirdest thing for me has been like uh, just the the stigma, not not necessarily like the stigma, but like just with all the social things happening and like the black lives matter stuff. And like, it's kind of a culmination of all of it. And like the, the divide politically and like all that stuff is kind of, is what's tripping me out more than anything. It's not necessarily like the, the virus. It's strange that like, uh, it's, it's weird to think like, yeah, all this stuff's happening at once. And it seems like every, every month, something like there's like a dust storm coming. I heard. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) God. Um, murder hornets. Murder hornets weren't really a thing, though. They were supposed to be, but they weren't. Yeah, yeah it was a glimpse. Yeah. You guys see the giant bats? There's like six foot tall bats now. They only <laughs> eat fruit. They only eat fruit. We break those out of our Halloween show. Uh, yeah. yeah dude, you break that out, everyone's dipping. 
We got a cage. <laughs> yeah, we got a cage. Him up. We'll have two cage six foot yeah. bats hanging upside down. <laughs> that would be so epic, dude. Put little like sound things on their ears so they don't get hurt. Yeah, so the ear muffs. Yeah, yeah. Um, create controversy. That's yeah. a band like us needs to do that. Yeah, um, man. Now, I think uh, I think that the with the BLM stuff and everything, it's it's just it's interesting how uh, there's. There's not a lot of pushback. I'll, I'll say when I when I make a post about it or something, there's not a lot of pushback. But sometimes there's a there's a post or two with someone challenging it, and it's just like, why? Why are you challenging this? Do you engage those people, or do you just kind of yeah. like take it? Oh, yeah. Okay. Or like, well, what is your? Why do you think this way, or whatever? You know, like, yeah. what, what are you talking about? You know, um, why do you? I feel like if you don't see that there's a problem and there's been a problem, like, I guess that's, that's the glory of privilege, you know, um, is, you know, you don't have to deal with it. And so you don't know. And some people are, I guess, I guess you could say innocent to it, like in a way, because they are on the surface. Like, it's like, I just didn't know that this was what it was, you know, right. and people hopefully can be educated about it. Um, you know, so what, uh, I just try to, I, I'm not, I've never been the political type, um, but I do feel it's important to voice my stance every now and then. Um, I don't want to be a bummer. I, I, I know we're in a weird position as, as artists because we're there to take people away from things like this. Yeah. Um, but we're also, we're also, we're also supposed to write about these things. You know, um, art comes from pain and conflict. Um, and dreaming, you know, and uh, to be told that I'm not supposed to, I'm supposed to stick to music and and not speak on an issue. As an American in a country, I live in this country and I pay taxes, you know, and like I, I don't understand why I'm being told that I, you know, why you think that I'm not allowed to say these things, you know, and it's only it's only when it when it challenges their own beliefs. Yeah, they get defensive. Yeah. Well, it's even crazier than that is like to think that it would affect their view of your music or like even like not there's not as much of a fan of you anymore because you you take a certain stance. That's just weird. And and that's what that's what doesn't that's what doesn't bother me. I'm just like right. I'm like I don't care if you don't listen to us anymore. Right. No. All right. Like. I don't care if you don't, if you don't pay attention to what we're doing, you don't watch our videos, you don't listen to our, to- our songs, come to our shows. I don't want you to do any of that stuff. It's right. like, if it, if it's that much, it's a human issue. It's not a political thing. It's not a left or right. It's a human thing that we need to be, we need to deal with it. We need to fix it. Comes, it. it comes at the core, man. It does, man. It's like, if people can just start seeing each other as people, um, you know, and, and just, we're so fast to judge somebody and uh, I'm guilty of it too, man. I'm, I'm not saying I'm completely innocent, and all this stuff. Like just, you know, you have that thing where you look at somebody, the way they're dressed or their, or the way they look, you're like, Oh, he's that, you know, it's like, it's just this thing, you know? Yeah. Um, at the heart, you know, at uh, really though, if you said hi to me, like, Oh, Hey, what's up, man? You know, well, I wouldn't be like, Oh my God, stay away from me. You know, yeah, no. and it's, not, it's not a color thing. It's just like, it's, uh, I don't know. It's just strange. I can't, you know, it's, it's tough, man. It's terrible. So it's terrible to even think people would think that way. You know? Yeah. We, we need to, 
we got a song coming out with you about unifying. So it's crazy we wrote that song, and then it's crazy all this is happening. I think that song's got real. I was texting the band the other day. Dude, this, I don't know what we foresaw, but the message is like dead on point, man. You know, man, I think that you know you're writing music about uh, th- these things, and it's not new. You know, yeah. there's always there's always, there's always something been. you can relate to. You know, that song in particular. There's always something you can relate to it. Yeah. Um, I mean, you can go back to the '90s with Rodney King, and you know, even before that. Uh, the civil rights movement and yeah. slavery in general, you know, 400 years ago, but like, I'm sorry, 150 years ago, it wasn't that long ago, everybody. Right. Um, it's, uh, it's, I don't know. I, I think when you speak on those issues, you know, it can, it can be uh, attributed at any time, but especially now, you know, there were basically, I think, you know, the civil rights movement that happened in the 60s, it never really ended. It's It's been going this whole time. But now it's just it's been amplified. It's peaking. Um, yeah, it's peaking, uh, starting to boil over. And a lot of people have had it with this, this model. And the, the, we're, we're living this this antiquated uh, thing that just doesn't work for for anyone. I, I don't know. I don't know what all these policies um, that like our president is for like that, that he's trying to change and things that he has changed. I don't, I don't know what it's really done for, for the average person um, that, that loves him, you know, like his followers, like what has it done for those people uh, that love him so much? Um, And why, I I just don't understand it, you know? Yeah. I mean, I just like, honestly, I, I feel the same way. I just like, I'm kind of over it too. I'm just like, man, why can't we all just get along and move on and try to focus on real problems like, you know, global warming and like try to get together and focus. just that stuff shouldn't even be in, in conversation anymore. It's crazy. It's, it's very strange. Again, these are like human things um, that get politicized. Like, like the kneeling thing. It's like, you're mad about people rioting and shit and protesting, but they tried doing the like most peaceful thing ever. You know, I'm sorry. It was at your favorite time Sunday, you know, yeah. like football. Oh but it's like blah, blah, the flag it had nothing to do with that. It kind of had something to do with the flag. It was yeah. about how they feel like the flag doesn't re- represent everyone, you know, right. in a way it did have something to do with the flag. I get that. They weren't disrespecting the flag. I think they're mad about the flag disrespecting them. Yeah. You know, uh, so I saw it. I understood it when it was happening. Um, but, you know, I have friends and shit on, you know, on, on Facebook that have opposing views. And it's like, do do you engage people like that? Do you, are people, there are people that are just so in it and so far gone. It's like, how, you're not going to change their mind. You know, I'd rather no. talk to somebody about what they personally got going on, you know, like what's up with your day to day? How's life? How's your family? You know, that's more like that. That's the interaction people need to be on these days. You know, you raise a wonderful point. If if people just took the time to to get to know each other, right? Um, instead, like when someone says something shitty, um, and it doesn't happen often. You know, like a lot of my stuff is positive, and everybody's real positive in the comments and stuff. But if somebody says something po- uh, negative or you know something uh, or whatever, I'm just like, well, what's up, man? Like, what's going on? What what is your why you? Why do you think that way? Or yeah, know, I don't. I don't go. Well, fuck you, man. You know, it's like that's not the way to know. why you see it that way. Yeah, 
sure. not constructive. You got to, you know, kill them with kindness in a way, but like get to the bottom of it. Have a, have a conversation. We can have a, a discourse, a civil discourse. Yeah. <laughs> and, and with opposing views um, and, and it doesn't have to go and explode, you know? Yeah. Well, that's what worries me about not having shows. It's like the, the, the live performance is like a way for people to come together in person and speak and be together and like truly be in the same yeah. environment with each other. Yeah. Like not, you're not behind a screen. You're not, you know, and, room feeling one energy with. Right. Them. Yeah. I'm, I'm you know what I mean? It's yeah. easier. It's easier to see each other as people when you're with each other and not, you know, quarantine and behind uh and then being sensationalized by the news, like all that stuff. And those are the, that's the kind of stuff I think is what I'm going to probably start writing more about just because, um, I don't know, it matters. And like, I always try to write stuff that matters to me, you know, and I was going to ask you earlier on is like, do you always write songs as Ballyhoo or do you have certain songs that you're like, well, this is like something that I want to say, like, or, or is it more like the two combined? You know what I mean? Yeah, you know, it's it's uh, I'll, I'll have stuff where it's like, you know, this might be something I just, I just might put out, you know, or, or whatever. But m- for the most part, I write for Ballyhoo, right? Um, that's, that's my that's my baby. That's the bread and butter. That's the big thing. Uh, every now and then, there's a song that comes along where it's like, oh, this is more of a my own thing, or you know, Ballyhoo would never play this. Um, but I, you know, I had a song. I had a song. Uh, I was writing about. Um, about two divorcing parents uh, that, that that were just over it and they had kids and the kids were getting kind of put in the middle and, and, and the guy was getting kind of dragged through the mud, um, which happens a lot like in divorce, uh, apparently. Um, it's always like for the, for the wife, it seems. Um, not always, but uh, that's why there's like male, di- there's like, male divorce, divorce lawyers and shit. Right. Um, I've never been married or divorced. Uh, but, um, I, I know, I know people and I've seen them go through some hard stuff. Um, and my parents, it was basically, it was, it was loosely based on my parents situation. When I was a kid, they got divorced. Uh, when I was, they got separated when I was eight and they finally divorced when I was 12. It took forever. But I was kind of talking about the feelings that I felt and, but sort of like, how it must've felt for them. And I got to read like some, uh, some, uh, this is like after the fact, but at, when my dad passed away, I got into his, his file cabinet and got all this stuff and he kept everything. And I read a transcript of like one of their like divorce, um, uh, uh, hearings yeah. at court. And it was like this whole like long thing. And I could hear their voices in my head going back and forth at each other. And it was the most ridiculous shit. It sounded like fucking kids, you know? Um, and just the how, like, they were just eh, eh, just digging at each other. Um, and so I wrote the song about that. And um, and it was, I got told, like, hey, you know, that's probably a little too dark. Like, you should probably, like, not write about that. And I got mad, you know? I was like, I was like fuck that, man. This is, like... This is real shit, man. Real, it's real shit. Look, some yeah. eighteen-year-olds not might not, might might not be into it, but I know a bunch of thirty-somethings that would probably be like connect with this, you know? Yeah. Um, and uh, it just it didn't fly. I, I ended up rewriting the lyrics and became a it became a song called "Gone Girl." 
um, which was about a guy being, I write a lot of songs about guys being insecure and like, <laughs> like hoping the girl doesn't leave him and shit, uh, whatever. But it became, it turned that, it was a great song. It turned out great. Same melody and everything, but the subject matter was different. And I may right. still write that song, you know, but like. You uh, still sing the original song in your head, I bet. Oh yeah, man. I, yeah, right. And, and it was weird too for a while because I was still getting used to like, uh, the new way to sing it, you know, you know how like when you when you have a demo and you've listened to it for months or a year and you finally go to record and you're like, oh, I'm going to change that. You, like and then it's like you end up you have to learn how to sing it again. Yeah. You know, um, so, yeah, man, I think I think songwriting is a very sp special but personal thing. Um, there's there's really no rules. There's no right or wrong way to do it per se. There, there's a I guess there's a wrong way to do it if you're going for a certain thing, like pop music, for example. There's a there's a formula to that, and everyone uses it. Country music, there's a formula to that, you know. It, it, pop music, pop country, pop rock, whatever. Um, but when it comes to just making tunes and speaking your mind, there's no rules, man. Um, and it's up to you as the band to decide how you want to arrange it. Um, I say talk about whatever you want to talk about, um, no matter how dark or how silly or ridiculous it is. Yeah, um, I agree. Our band likes to talk about cannabis. So. Oh, bro, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, people love party songs. <laughs> yeah. You know? People like to blaze this weed, man. That, that's, that's, <laughs> that, that is one of a Listen, that... Dude, that, I love that song. I'm not going to lie. I, 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 sing, I sing every part, even the, the background chorus part. Yes, we can. I love that, man. That song is banger. One of our biggest songs, and it's never been on a playlist like a major playlist. Um, it's done its own work; it grew its own legs, and <laughs> now we play. We, it's like always number two or three in our Spotify top ten. And it's crazy. Every show, man. As soon as I start singing that shit at the top of that song, everybody loses their minds. You know, <laughs> it's, it's the best. <laughs> It's just like the the rhythm, the music, the melody, the lyrics. You're like, it's fun. You feel like lighting up a fat joint when you hear it and drinking shots, and it's fun, man. Yeah, man. There, there there's a time and place for everything, and and we're able to. Our bands are able to 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 cover the full spectrum, you know. And uh, so you can have a a whole record about weed with a few songs about you know, love or whatever, or, wow. or the opposite, you know, mostly love songs and, and, you know, drama yeah. and real shit, um, or bills or whatever. And then a couple songs about weed or, or whatever partying. It's yeah. just, it, there's really no rules. It's, it's all about, it's more, it's more about how it feels. It's more about right. how, like the vibe. Um, what is the vibe you're trying to get across? Uh, and, and if you're making a record, um, you know, that's, that's what you want, what you want to be thinking about. Do the songs flow? Do you guys know this? Um, how does how does it feel when I, when I listen back to back? Yeah, does um, does the album tell a story? You know exactly. Um, orders important things like that. We did our first album, check the vibes, and we it took forever to get the exact twelve songs in order. We were just trying to figure out what the best order to listen to them in a row was. You know, so figuring that stuff out, I could. It, it takes good thought, but I think it's worth it because, like you know, it can always work out if you if you put that extra little thought into it. Yeah, one of my one of my least favorite parts is is picking the the track order. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, it takes forever. 
I'm so bored. I'm just like, oh, like these are great songs, but man, I almost didn't listen to shit over and over again, trying to figure it out. Like, are we even gonna have to do that eventually? I mean, we just like singles, you know. You raise another good point. Um, This is a see. You guys, you guys got your head on straight with this. Um, We, if you're still making records, if you like albums, I'll say. um, Albums aren't what they used to be. There, there's this, there's there's this expectation and this tradition um, that has, you know, we've embraced for 70 years is the album. I mean, 70 years, that's not a long time. Recording music is like a hundred years, you know? Yeah. Um, and they were just like, how can we make more money? Let's get more songs on this thing. And that that's what that was, you know, um, really. And, and look in the nineties and two thousands, a lot of times, unless it was like your favorite band ever, you'd pay 15, sometimes $18 for a CD and two songs were dope. Um, And, you know, it was all filler. And I love the idea of theming it out, putting cover art on it, uh, having the songs kind of flow, um, giving giving the fans something to sort of chew on for uh, like two years. You know, back then it was like, you know, and be on tour for two, three, four years before they put a record out. That is amazing to me. That's so crazy to think that it, it would take that long. We put our first album out in 2000 and our second album didn't come out until 2006. Damn. Damn. Like yeah. part of it was because I was very unorganized and I did, I wasn't good with money. <laughs> and, you know, I didn't know how to make a record and it took forever. Like it took two years to make that, that second album. Um, but yeah, man, it's like, who needs an album these days? I think your I think your big fans would love for you to put out a full record of like twelve right. songs, right? But for the most part, just be consistent. Every six weeks, drop two songs, drop a song, drop two, songs, drop four songs. Just keep it coming. You know, if if you're the type that like can just bust out songs left and right, I mean, I keep mean. Dude, the world is your oyster, right? Like, just go, go at it. Um, I, I would, God, I wish I could crank out songs like that. Uh, but yeah, I, look, and there's, there is something to planning. You need to plan. You need to uh, set up your single. Don't just drop something tomorrow. Like, if you're Eminem or Beyonce, you can drop an album tomorrow and it'll be fine. You know, do great. Eminem's album is still the most streamed album year to date. Dude, that is a, yeah. about the new one. Or the um, yeah, music to be murdered by. Yeah, that's great. No, dude godzilla is such a great song it um, is it is. but uh you know but if you're if you're them you can do that and and you could look we could we could put out a song tomorrow and our fans would love it they go ape shit right yeah. but you're only getting your hardcore fans that know that follow you every day and and know what you're doing that's it you didn't give it time to like get the word out and like right. you know to let people know outside of your network you know like it's not exactly smart to do it that way. Um, you know, you're going to please your fans for sure. But the idea is like, you need to grow. So you got to, you got to keep reaching out and, and, and tell your story to Find, new people. Finding the new people is, is where most of the money's going today. And marketing so, advertisement for the band is, is probably our biggest expense. Well, for a while we were doing those covers and I thought that was kind of cool, but I also don't really know, what what's like the legality there? Like you can't just put out a cover, right? You can't just like you can totally put out a cover. Like yeah, uh, really depending like depending on what it's 
there's a couple ways you can do it. Um, we use DistroKid for our distribution. And yeah, that's what we use. Okay. So you're all right. So I don't have to go any further. Next time you want to do a cover, record a cover. And then when you go to upload it, just pay the 12 bucks <clears throat> to buy the license. And that's it. You pay 12 bucks a year for the license. That's it. Yeah. Hmm. And, and uh, you've got a cover. Um, <clears throat> if you do want to go, if you ever decide to leave uh, DistroKid, you're going to have to get a new license. Um, but you just go to Harry Fox for that. Harry Fox Agency, HFA. And you just go to song file and you look up the song, you pay the license. It's like on like 10,000 streams or downloads or whatever. It's like uh, 120 bucks, something like that, 130 bucks. It's not much. And then you get your cover. And then if you do it on YouTube, YouTube's not crazy about, um, they're not like super hard about covers anymore. Like they made it so you can upload a cover and they'll say, hey, this isn't your song. We're going to give you the money to the artist. You'll still get money for the performance. Like not as much, but the, 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 your money goes to the artist. It's, it's wonderful. It's, it's wonderful. It, it, it just, it opens it up. You know, back in the day, man, and even on like country music, they do this a lot they'll cover each other's songs. You know, like there's like a couple versions of, of different songs from like the sixties and seventies, you know, from different. Oh, yeah, dude, reggae has been doing it for years. Reggae has been doing it for years. Yeah. And, and it's just, you can totally just, it's a way to get discovered. There, there a friend of mine, who's a, a great songwriter out of Nashville. He did some stuff with a girl uh, who does, who started her career just doing acoustic covers. And now she's like, super huge in her thing and 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 she puts out her own music now like it's great she's on spotify playlists and you know it whatever whatever it is you need to grow you know here's a trick you guys can do um learn how to use spotify um it's you can basically take an album record an album's worth of stuff 10 songs whatever 12 songs break it up into singles and then over at some point, I don't know how long it is. It's like 28 minutes or something or 26 minutes. It becomes an album. It comes categorized as an album. So <clears throat> this will make sense in a minute. Release a single, right? And every time you release a single, you submit it to Spotify uh, playlist editors, right? Curators and uh, editorials, what they call it. And every time you do that, you take advantage of release radar and um, someone listens to your song and, and sees if they can place it in one of their playlists. Um, <clears throat> if it doesn't work that month, the next month, you've got another single coming out, right? See where I'm going with this? If you have yeah. an album, you can only submit one song out of a you know 10 or 12 song album. But if you're dropping singles. Every single time. Every single time you take advantage of release radar. Yeah. Um, and which goes out to all anybody that's following. That's why I say don't worry about monthly listeners. Uh, worry about followers. Get more followers on Spotify because the more people that are following you, uh, the more are going to hear your song on the, on the first day um, because it goes to everybody that's following you. Um, so ima- imagine doing that 10 times in a row, 10 months in a row, every four weeks, you know, drop a single. It not only it's you're doing so many things at one time. You're you're getting your music in front of the Spotify editorial people every month, uh, and it's a new song. You're um, you're uh, also what you need to be doing is using the same ISRCs and take the previous single and stack it under the bottom under the under the new one. So new single, previous single, third month, 
new single, previous single, previous single, and just start building. It's called Waterfall. Yeah. Um, do that. And you start, you, you start injecting new life into the previous stuff. Um, and eventually you're, you got six months in, you got six songs and your first song from six months ago is back on your top 10. Cause people are listening through, you're yeah. creating more streams. Um, and, uh, and you're also staying in the conversation. The algorithm is working for you. There's so many things happening under the hood. Um, it's, that's what I mean by staying in the conversation. Yeah. It means fre- frequent, uh, frequent and consistent releases, you know? Yeah. We got to get to work, Logue. Get to work, Logue. <laughs> uh, I'm all about it. I mean, like the ideas are, are never, we're never drive ideas. I feel like it's always, and we're we're just we just had a meeting about the Spotify stuff yesterday with Fernando, our, our manager, and it makes so much sense, especially if you're like a data driven person and you like see how it all kind of plays in. Um, the data is crazy. They do these anal- Spotify's all analytics. They're really good at presenting the data, which like we could. I mean, at this point, there's like no reason why, other than just not getting up and doing it, why uh, you can't you know start doing more, but. Yeah, man, we got to get to it. Use the data too, like use yeah. the data. Like next time you go on tour, look at uh, look at find the city or the closest city on your uh, in your Spotify, and build a pl- build your set list around the popular songs in that town. That's what you can do. Like you can see what songs are the most popular in Cleveland or. Whoa, that's crazy. So you you notice there are certain, I guess, genres or like certain songs that are very popular in that city. You can go on your Spotify and at your artist page and look at that. You can see wow. it. Like it's wild. You can see your top cities. So you can build a build a tour around just the top 10 cities <laughs> if you want. And then you can go into like and see wh- what uh, in the songs. I think it's, it's like, uh, let me see if I can share my screen here. Um, Pretty wild. Uh, where is it? Where'd you go? I'm sure some of those will like surprise you too. Like, what? This song's super popular in Idaho. <laughs> you know, dude, the potato farmers are crushing it. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing about music, man. It's like you just don't know. Like, you think um, this song's gonna crush, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. <laughs> And then it doesn't. And you're like, ah, oh, damn it. Oh, but, but the one right. that you thought, or the one that you, I know, you, the one you didn't think, yeah, popping, you're like, it's oh, being the fave. Why? It's just it's so it's, it's just subjective, and and you just don't know what people are thinking, man. Um, let me see if this uh, this comes up here. All right, we're showing yeah. people how to make the sausage right now. Yeah, there we go. Here's how we make sausage, everybody. <laughs> Where is my, where's the damn page? Can't get back to the page now. Um, just disappeared on me. <clears throat> oh, oh, here it is. Okay, so like music. Let me see, walk away. Countries. All right, look at this. <clears throat> so like Los Angeles loves walk away. They pump that shit, you know. Um, in general, that's one of your biggest hits, though. 
It is. Right? It is. It is. Okay. So here's this one that just came out uh, about a month and a half ago. Again, Los Angeles, Chicago. Look, Chicago's into it. Atlanta, New York, Arlington. Yeah, it's so cool how how detailed it is. It just gives you like a better idea of where you should be putting all your information, all your marketing, and yeah. creating your set list. Look at this. Almost 13k in Germany, bro. For this Let's song, oh, like fucking Japan, Finland, <laughs> Lithuania, Lithuania, dude. Like Lithuania, is sick. Greece. I mean, it's 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 crazy, man. Turkey, 402 streams. It, it's it's really amazing. Um, There's not a lot going on in Russia. I don't know about that. Yeah, what is what's up, Russia? Come on now. <laughs> nothing going on yeah look, like top united states canada so obviously the states are the biggest um canadians love you eh and Brazil, dude look chicago again arlington uh atlanta i wonder if that's virginia um yeah denver dallas orlando so you take your top say top 20 or some of the cities yeah, i mean you can build a set list you can i mean you you use the data to target your ads too you know yeah uh, you say, oh, we got a lot of streams for Dark Sunglasses in Los Angeles. Let's take that song. We'll do an ad that has that song playing in the background and we'll target to LA only, you know, and, and have it go back to our Spotify, like Dark Sunglasses on Spotify. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just like, I don't know. Dude, did you imagine recording Walk Away in Spanish? Oh, dude, yeah. I know we probably should, man. We, we would just open up a whole new world. <laughs> I, could, I could hear that right now. Can Use I get a Use your data here. Listeners also like Expendables, Mike Pinto, B Foundation, all the way down to Pepper. Like, so target fans of Pepper, target fans of Long Beach Ball Stars, Iration, Expendable. Like, use the data. I mean, we have all these tools, like, learn how to interpret it, you know? Yeah. Amen. So, you know, it's motivating. It is, man. It is. It's a lot of fun to look at that stuff. And uh, it's a lot of fun to, to see the uh the reaction and um i don't know I, I i definitely say for bands too like um if you don't have a facebook group start one and if you have one but you're not dropping in to say what's up and speak to your people um you definitely should be because i'm in there a lot i go in there all the time you know and just a it's a it's a private network it's a private group where People, the the best fans, the biggest fans come in and it's very positive and um, everybody's like, it's just talking about the band and the music and it's not always about the band. It can be about other things, but um, you know, and then we give them like first, first information, like we'll let them know before we let the general public know, like things like that. Like um, I think that definitely, uh, definitely helps um, grow the relationship with the fan base, um, you need to be accessible. You need to um, show that you care. You know, you're not just like writing songs and buy my shit, man. You know, like, right. That's not, you know, they'll see right through it. And, um, you know, a good song is a good song, but uh, I think it, it can go so much further and you'll get longevity. That's what happens with pop artists. I think is that you don't have, they don't have that, that foundation underneath them. They didn't go out and do the work um touring playing shit clubs and doing the stuff they just got on the radio they got put together by a label and got put on put on the radio and all of a sudden here they are doing these big ass shows and this, the minute they don't have a hit people forget about them you know? yeah it's like the, the the community aspect of it too it's like you know the intention behind why you're doing 
music in general is because you want to have a community of people that are all, you know, they feel like they're part of a community. You can drop into the Facebook group and see what's up and get, you know, brighten your day and just be part of something. I think we definitely have a lot of that. Um, just got to do more of it. Yeah. Yeah, man. And there's never enough. You want, like I said, you want to over deliver as much as possible. And the the more you can, the more you think, more things you can think about, get creative, think outside the box, um, you know, and uh, people get excited and they want to support, you know, for Um, sure. I think that's the key to like our success and doing, I mean, look, the only reason that that any of us are doing what we're doing, uh, you know, as far as when it comes to touring and, and having decent numbers on uh spotify and things is because people are listening to it they're coming to the shows they're you know it's like if we didn't have an audience who do we play to how do we survive how do we keep this going you know um you guys will eventually get out of working them day jobs you know yes um you know i i didn't quit my job until 2013 it took it took that long you know i we were we were on tour for seven years before i quit my job that's crazy man really and i'm not saying i'm not saying it's going to take you or anybody else that long but um it just some people it happens faster some it happens slower ours has been a very slow process i mean like i said 25 years dude the day i moved to baltimore from michigan i'm from the suburbs of detroit day i moved here we went to go see you guys you guys were doing a sublime cover set at fell's point do you remember that you were there for that Nice. Yeah, dude. That was my like welcome to Baltimore. It was at like Bell's 07. Point. You had super long hair. Yeah, yeah. It was oh six. Oh six. God damn, that's crazy. <laughs> you remember that? That was crazy. Was that was that part of Fell's Point Festival? It was. Or, it was a Nutty yeah. Rock thing. <clears throat> yep. That was so fun, man. Yeah, they were like, "Hey, you guys went to the Sublime set?" I was like, "Yeah, sure." It was great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was sick. Look, Donald Spangler chimes in slow. <laughs> <laughs> he knows. He Donald's been there the whole time. Me and Donald started this band together in our mom's basement. Oh, that's beautiful. Yep. It's been, in, been an incredible time, hasn't it, Donald? <laughs> um, I feel like I missed out on something really, really good uh, in, at that show, you guys. Young Howie was probably killing it. <sighs> Dude, it was uh, uh, mind-blowing. It, it was, was literally uh, my favorite band at the time was Sublime. I was like, what? Who are these guys? Oh, yeah. Man. <laughs> yeah, it was the best, man. And we, and we were like, I, I knew I was like, we're the only band in this town that can do that. <laughs> I, <laughs> I felt like you were. <laughs> I it so much. And I was like, nobody's going to do it the way we're going to do it. We're doing sublime. You know, like we're doing it. Yeah. So we're doing it. We're, we're that doing would, it. We're doing that it. Would be cool, it. Like, you guys, uh, we're going to do this. It's fine. So before we wrap up here, we got uh, anybody has any questions for these guys, please feel free to throw them out right now. Uh, I just saw one. Uh, where is it? Oh, here we go. Jason says, where in Detroit are you from? Uh, so it's called Canton, Plymouth Canton area. It's right outside. It's like 45 minutes away from the city, but it's like still uh, Wayne County. So it's called Canton, Michigan, just a little suburb town. We uh, played some shows up there. Um, played one of our sh- our first shows. Our first shows on tour actually up there um, was uh, it was in Detroit, and it was called the Old Miami. Was oh, that, a- that's in the city. That's in yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's a historic spot. Yeah, we played there, and that day, like, we didn't get paid. There were three people. There was like the bartender and two friends of the bartender sitting there. We'd never been there. Oh man, we didn't cool make, bar though. Yeah, we there, we tried to sell merch. We sold nothing. We made no money from playing, um, and we sat there all day long. It was kind of cold, 
um, you know, for like, I think it was like April or May, early May and it was cold and it was rainy. And we put the, we, the bands we were on tour together with, we put the bands together like this and, and put a tarp over top. And we were like, <laughs> we're like cooking beans and shit in the middle, <laughs> like oh, sitting around here, cooking beans and like eating beans and cold ravioli. Um, and uh, yeah, we played that night, but you know, we rocked it. We, we did a show, like there were 500 people there and, uh, <laughs> and trust it, so. that's um, so Detroit. Yeah. He yeah. says he's from uh Pinckney near Brighton and Ann Arbor. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. He's, I know Pinckney very well. Nice. Yeah, man. We'll uh, cross paths at some point, maybe at Brighton skate park. Dave says, did Logan mention a song collaboration with Ballyhoo? When's it coming out? Oh yeah. Well, we're, I'm producing some of their new stuff. Um, and we started working on it back in when did we start working on that? It was like months ago, like fall, early fall. And, uh, I put out a video on our, our Instagram. I think it was like a week after we were in the studio. October. It was like something. Um, it was a long time ago, but we got, you know, let's see. <laughs> but yeah, so I went in the studio uh, with them and Drew Mazurik over Drew's house and uh, we laid down drums November 21st. November? Oh, my God. <laughs> what happened? Like, we got to get back to this. It's July. You, um, had, you had tour, and then uh, yeah. then we were on tour, and then COVID hit. COVID yeah, happened. Was, yeah, weird virus that went around, I think. Right? Yeah, I'll have to look into that. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, so, yeah, that's going on. So we'll uh, we'll get back to that soon, and um, hopefully the guys will have the, the tunes out sometime this summer, early fall, maybe. Um, trying to ladies trick you off soon so your boy kyle says come do a live stream i told you i told you i go do a live stream with these guys they know i gotta call i gotta call kyle right you guys have zero excuse bro yeah that's true we definitely have zero excuse there's like it's literally it's it's overdue it's 20 minutes from my house it's got to be like no more than 40 minutes from your house yeah like like it's it's a uh, it's a great like Hartford Sound crushes. We're very lucky to have them, and um, they just the production is just you've seen it. It's super key, and um, I, like I said, man, you you have you have this this uh, content that you are able to use for months after that. You know, yeah, no yeah, doubt. Kyle, Kyle was lit up last time <laughs> I saw him. Kyle, you, you know, we need to get lit up if you're still watching. So hit me up. <laughs> I, I don't know if anybody noticed the live show or the light show during the, the pineapple grenade screen, stream a couple of weeks ago, but it was probably the best it's ever been. Kyle was, it was, it was he pretty was, bad. Uh, he was not inhibited. He was, <laughs> he was very, uh, sensing sarcasm. Very generous. Very generous. No, it was great. It was great. It was great. He was, he was very, uh, Silly character that night. I enjoyed. Yep. Haha. <laughs> <laughs> I was. <laughs> That's great. Um, well, dude, no, thank, thanks guys for coming on, man. I appreciate you guys. Uh, thanks for having us, man. It was really fun. Yeah, man, yeah. definitely dude. Um, so the band can, uh, so it's educated fools, uh, spell it out for everybody. So they, they know where to find you. Go ahead, look. It's uh, E D J A C A T E D P H O O L S. Check us out we're on spotify itunes pandora youtube wherever you guys want to find us we just dropped a new single it's called operate love for uh some more follows on spotify it was a big topic tonight so we're working hard to get our numbers up and hopefully go on tour with howie and those guys one day so i don't know i know a guy 
<laughs> we'll see. It could happen. It could, hey, we're here, man. We're ready. So. That's great, man. Well, uh, hey, everybody, go follow Educated Fools. Please uh, give these guys a follow as well, Nick and Logan. Um, and the rest of the band, you'll find them. Uh, go listen to their tunes. Go follow them on Spotify. Uh, add their songs to your, to your party playlist, your, your, your weed playlist, whatever it is. Hanging out by the pool, going for a drive. Um, and uh, please, if you're on Facebook right now, please uh, share the share the video. Give it a like. If you're on YouTube right now watching, please like the video and uh, hit the little bell and sub up so you don't want to go live. <clears throat> uh, thank you guys so much for streaming uh, the new value stuff, Message to the World. Uh, we just got added to the Beach Vibes playlist with that one. And uh, Social Drinker has been crushing just at 500K. So thank you very much. We're on our way to a million. Uh, yeah. And uh, subscribe to the, uh, the the podcast in general, Tales from the Green Room. Um, well, I'll see you all out on the socials. Uh, educated Fools, thank you guys so much. Everybody have a, a wonderful day. Much love, Peace. y'all. All right. <laughs>